Good evening, everyone. It is lovely to hear conversation in the room. Lots of inviting going on, that's super. Hope you're all organized for next Sunday morning. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. So this is our final Sunday night um, together in our, oh, oh, lots of awes in the room, loving it. Um, and we've had our series over the last number of weeks called The Invitation, which of course has been the invitation from Jesus to come follow me to make disciples. And we've been thinking through what that means for us individually and what that means for us as a church together as we journey through this pandemic in line with our values and what we feel that God has placed on our hearts. So last week we celebrated Father's Day, but it was also an invitation to all of us to be mothers and fathers, not just to our own children or wider families, but we spoke about how much that is needed in our community. And um, it was lovely to have Hugo and Marty um, share alongside Paul, and I was taken aback for a moment when Marty started speaking about intentional fathering and then said I was reminded of Chantel. <laughs> But then I realized he was talking about my fondness for dictionary definitions as he'd looked it up in the dictionary. So tonight, um, what I'd like to share with you about is an invitation to generosity. So just to go along with um, my usual habit, I looked up generosity in the dictionary. So for those of you in the room, it's on the screen in dictionary.com. Generosity means readiness or liberality in giving, freedom from meanness or smallness of mind or character, a generous act, or largeness or fullness and amplitude. So tonight I would really love to share with you about different aspects of generosity, and it can be, of course, a number of different things, our time, our talent, our treasure. But when I thought of generosity in the Bible, the first story that came into my head was the widow's offering. So I'm just going to read a wee bit if you want to follow along on your phone, app, or Bible, or whatever, from Mark chapter 12, starting at verse 41. It's the widow's offering. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few pence. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. So I was reading the chapter in Mark 12 leading up to that, and quite a lot happens. Jesus has had the Pharisees trying to trip him up and having a discussion about paying taxes. He had the Sadducees asking questions, trying to ridicule the resurrection. There was a lot of debating. Then a teacher of the law asked him about the most important commandment. And Jesus himself was asking questions while teaching in the temple. And he had to issue a warning about the hypocrisy of the scribes. So there was so much going on before this moment that I felt a bit tired thinking about all of it, like all that debating and discussing. So imagine this moment, just place yourself here, when Jesus observes that widow's giving. You know, the sight of that poor widow must have been so welcome to a weary Jesus. 
He's just endured a storm of questions from his enemies, people trying to get at him, people trying to trick him with their questions, and then to see this widow just giving sacrificially. And I had never really thought of that before. You know, he probably felt so worn out, and yet the generosity that he saw touched his heart. And I think it can be like that for us too, sometimes as well. You know, some especially at the minute, you know, we're feeling worn down by, by what we see and hear. You know, everyone's sick of COVID, everyone's sick of a pandemic, we're sick of bad news. And also for some of us, we're seeing heartbreak in the lives of those around us, people we know, even how some people treat each other. But when we see of acts of generosity and kindness, it just changes our perspective. It just shifts things for us, doesn't it? And I myself had a moment like that, that this week just passed. To be honest, I'd been feeling sad about some things, just about people I know who are going through a really hard time. Some things I've just seen with kids in our community and what Paul shared on Sunday about the need for mothers and fathers, you know, you just see that and it, it's, it, it was making me sad. But on Tuesday, I went to the official opening of the Carrick Fergus Community Fridge. So if you're on our Facebook page, you might have seen we posted it. It's at Eden Community Centre. And Carly in our church came to chat to us about this quite a while ago. She'd had this great idea for a community fridge where food could be donated by local businesses and not be wasted, and then anyone in the community could come along and access it. So after lots of conversations, lots of hard work, it's so amazing that her dream has become a reality. She's worked alongside the council. It's been funded by the Department of the Communities, gathering a wonderful team of volunteers. Food is being donated by different businesses in our community. And it's already thriving and gathering and blessing people. There's a real buzz about it. So if you're in the room, um, you can see a photo. Um, that's Carly with the mayor of the new mayor of Mid and East Antrim Borough Council and her class at school who were part of the vision from the start and she was so excited for she's a classroom assistant in Carrick Academy she was loving it that her class were able to come and be part of it so there was so many good things about this it just exemplified generosity and at the very center of it for me was Carly's generous heart her compassion for others her willingness to give of her time and share her life so openly with so many different people from the kids in her class at school to volunteers from all walks of life to managers of food stores and more and we're just so excited about this project, the potential, and it's right by the allotment, so it's going to be so great when harvest time comes and we can put fresh food donated into the fridge. So like Jesus in the temple that day, <clears throat> seeing this generosity and community just bless my weary heart. It's, it's so good, and if you want to know more about it, there is a Carrick Fergus community fridge that's hard to say facebook page and instagram and you can ask carly any questions you want so back to the story in mark 12 jesus saw how the people were putting money into the temple treasury and i think we can learn from this ourselves he looks at us when he when we give and he notices how we give and as jesus looks he's more interested in how we give than how much we give, and he's looking at motive and heart. And it says in that passage, many rich people threw in huge amounts. 
So they just threw it in. I don't know what kind of box they had. It probably wasn't a wooden box with a cross on, but they just threw it in like that. Then one poor widow came with her two small copper coins and she put them in. And I just wonder if the language was deliberate there. You know, Jesus noticed them putting in a lot of money. They threw it in. Were they throwing it in with a flourish? Were they saying to everyone, look at me giving? And the one poor widow was different. I just imagine her, you know, coming in from the side gently without any fuss, just putting in her two small coins. And the amazing thing about this widow's giving was she had two small coins and she gave them both. You know, she could have kept one of those for herself and no one would have blamed her, but she gave with staggering generosity. And I just thought it's interesting that Jesus uses this opportunity to intentionally gather his disciples together and teach them something. In verse 43 and 44, it says, Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all that she had to live on. Like He didn't say she put in more than one of those rich people. He said she put in more than all of them put together. So they put in out of abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all she had. And that explains how he could say she, get, she put in more than all of them. It was because the others gave out of abundance, but she gave sacrificially. So Jesus' principle here shows us that before God, the spirit of the giving determines the value of the gift more than the amount. And God doesn't want grudgingly given money or guilt money. God loves the cheerful giver. So the value of the gift and Jesus, or the widow's gift and Jesus' comment shows us the value is determined by what it costs the giver. That's what made the widow's gift so valuable. And I was reminded of that time in the Old Testament when King David came to buy a threshing floor to build an altar, and he was offered it for nothing. And the verse is up here. He insisted on paying for it, and he refused to give God that which cost me nothing. He says, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So as we've said before, it's not equal amounts, but it's equal sacrifice. And Jesus shows us here, God doesn't actually need our money. If he needed our money, then how much we give would be more important than our heart in giving. But it's our absolute privilege to give to him, and we need to give because it's good for us, not because God needs it. Generosity is an invitation from the heart of God. And I love it that the widow challenged the mindset that says, I'll give when I have a bit more. She had virtually nothing, yet she was a giver. And that means we can all please God with our giving, just as much as the richest person could please God with his giving. Whenever we give sacrificially to God, he sees it and he is pleased. And I remember being at Causeway Coast Vineyard a couple of years ago, and Rita Springer was there at the women's conference, I think it was. She was leading worship and speaking. And I was so excited to hear her because 
she had that song, Defender, which had meant so much to me at a very difficult time, and I still love that song. And I just remember being captivated by her sister and her sharing stories of God's incredible provision when things were really tough. Um, her sister's family story was awful, and God provided so generously. And I remember Rita said, maybe some of the ladies who were there will remember it too. She really felt like God spoke to her one time and he, and he said, Rita, do you believe in the virgin birth? And she answered, presumably in her head, yes, Lord, of course I do. And then she sensed him ask again, do you really believe that Mary conceived Jesus by the Holy Spirit? And she was like getting a bit, almost a bit annoyed with the Lord, like, yeah, you know, Lord, I do, I believe that. Like she was answering him with impatience. And then she felt him say to her, but you don't believe I can pay your mortgage? And it was one of those like sharp intake of breath, mic drop moments for me. I don't know about the others who were there. But it just really spoke to me. You know, we believe so many wonderful things about God, about amazing things he's done and continues to do. But often it feels like money and finance is a difficult area to trust him in. And personally, as a couple, we've known God to be so faithful as we've given to him through his church and charities and to, to people. But I don't want you just to take my word for it tonight. It's something that's so clear in the Bible a bit biblical principle and I just wanted to read if you want to follow along from 2 Corinthians 9 starting at verse 6 generosity encouraged remember this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvestness of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And I just love that passage because it, it just reassures my heart that as we generously give, God provides for us. It says you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Our generous God wants us to be like him and to live generous lives. And I think we've seen this time and time again through this church that others recognize God through our obedience and generosity. You know, it says because of the service, you have proved yourselves. Others will praise God for your generosity and sharing. We've seen this so much over the pandemic with how we've been able to share what we have and bless others. And 
You know, Paul's not afraid to straight talk. You can read that in his letters. He talks about how his letters might have hurt the church he's written to. He corrects them. He encourages them. He spurs them on. And in the, in the previous chapter, there's another bit that speaks very powerfully about generosity. And he talks about the Macedonian churches. He says, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their own ability. And then it says, they gave themselves first to the Lord and by the will of God to us. And then he encourages the people listening. Since you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and in the love we have kindled, see that you excel in the grace of giving. And when I read that, it really spoke to me about the times we're living in now. Because it, for many of us, it's, this past year and a half has felt like a trial. You know, COVID has stirred up things. It's created fear and anxiety, perhaps for some financial instability. But in the midst of a trial, these churches overflowing joy and poverty welled up in rich generosity. Such a testimony, such a challenge to giving when it's hard. So tonight, I just want to say, if God's prompting you in this whole area of generosity and money, can I encourage you, the invitation tonight is to take the next step, whatever that looks like for you, and it's different for each person. Maybe it's just starting to give, maybe it's increasing what you give. And I just want to say that if you're feeling any sense of guilt or condemnation coming up in this area, that that is not from God and not from us. This is, as we've said every week, an invitation to trust him, to talk to him, be open to the Holy Spirit and where he's leading you. And we can also display generosity in other ways as well as with our treasure. And I don't mean instead of, because I do think God speaks clearly about money. But one of the things I love about our church family is how they're generous with their time. And I mentioned Carly earlier with the community fridge, and she and others have also poured their heart and soul into the allotment. And all of it takes time and energy. And there's just so many ways I've loved seeing you guys pour yourselves out and be generous. Whether it's something that's organized, like kids leaders and youth leaders giving up their time to be on Zoom in the pandemic, or but now thankfully in person, or whether it's leading a life group each week, whether it's working out how to do this technical stuff, whether it's showing up to cook meals for doorstep dinners, or maybe it's not something organized, maybe it's something you just quietly get on with and do yourself, shopping for your neighbor, looking out for that mom at the school gate who looks sad, caring for someone in your life group who's struggling, listening to the whisper of the Holy Spirit and sending a prayer or a thought or a, a verse to someone on WhatsApp, whether it takes a brief moment or longer, we can be generous and open with our time. And I just love it that it works both ways, doesn't it? So, so many of us in our church are blessed when we give up our time to reach out to someone else, but we've also been so blessed when someone has done that for us. And I love it when you read the Gospels because there's so many examples of Jesus taking his time to spend with people, even when those around him were kind of, you know, hurrying him up or trying to get him to go to the next place. And we also see how Jesus often met with people in their homes. There's the classic story of Mary and Martha in Luke 10. Martha opened up her home to Jesus. 
Luke 19, he told Zacchaeus, come down from the tree, I must stay at your house today. In Luke 4, he healed Simon's mother-in-law at his home. And we've had loads of precious times in homes around the table. It doesn't have to be a fancy dinner. It can be a cup of coffee and a chocolate biscuit. Wonderful conversations, times of laughing together, crying together. Sometimes having difficult conversations and times with God. And sometimes I just wonder, you know, I think it's a Northern Ireland thing. We think we need to have this perfect home with loads of space and elaborate meals to be able to open up and be hospitable. But I love this reminder here of what hospitality is all about. Hospitality is simply love in action. It is more to do with the resources of a generous heart than with sufficiency of food or space. So being generous with your time in your home can simply be giving someone a cup of tea and listening to them, letting them know they're loved and valued. And yes, it doesn't have to be complicated. And that thing we were sharing about mothers or fathers, I thought some of us might think, oh, what does that actually mean? That feels scary or I wouldn't know where to begin. But at its essence, it's being generous with our lives and our experience and showing a child or young person they're, they're so valuable. This says the heart of hospitality is about creating space for someone to feel seen and heard and loved. It's about declaring your table a safe zone, a place of warmth and, and nourishment. And that's so true for our Sunday mornings in July. You know, the invitation is that we're better together. And as Paul said, we'd love you to be church together. We've got some wonderful talks to share with you from people around the Vineyard Movement. So in this instance, generosity just looks like inviting someone over, having a cuppa, doing church together, chatting about it afterwards. Or generosity looks like sending someone a WhatsApp saying, do you want to go down to the venue next Sunday? You know, let's go together, let's book in. And I loved it whenever I shared about prayer and what Jules had said to me. You know, when you've been given so much, you just want to give it away. It's that generosity again of stepping out to pray for someone, even if you're nervous. In James chapter 1, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down like the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. All of it comes from him. The, gen the invitation is to generously give away what God has given to us and walk in step with the Holy Spirit with his little prompts and what he's asking us to do. Um, I asked Nikki if she would come and share with us tonight because she has got some great examples of generosity and time and treasure. So I'm just going to invite her to come up now and she's going to share with us. So this is Nikki, and she's been part of our church for a few years, three years now. Um, and I've just asked her to share, so I'll just let you get on. Um, let me put this on, because I just wrote some notes. Um, okay, so when Chantel was sharing about the lady with the pennies earlier, it actually made me think of a story that was completely not what I was going to share tonight, but I do want to add it in. So um, when we were in Northampton Vineyard, um, we had a, a talk about financially giving. And I just really felt prompted that night, well, it was probably a morning, to say, there's somebody in the room where this story is really poignant. And actually, if all you've got to give 
is a pound coin. God is telling you to give it because it still matters because it's from here and you know that you want to give it. So I just really want to encourage you to give it. Um, and then sort of, you know, there was the general milling around at the end of church and everyone was chatting. And um, one of the young students, because we met in a uni for a while, uh, sort of literally snuck up behind me and just squeezed a pound into the back of my hand and then just like scarpered. And I was like, oh, like, that's just beautiful because I knew that he was living on beans on toast five nights a week. So it just felt lovely to remember that tonight. Um, like financially speaking, Jake and I have been blessed by people so many times in our lives financially. We have definitely been that couple that were like, oh, I don't know if we're going to make it to payday. And then like an envelope has appeared on the doormat and just we've just been thankful to whoever God prompted and it was just beautiful to be the recipients and we've tried to do that back wherever we've been prompted as well. Um, but something I wanted to talk about in terms of time, um, you guys know that we had quite a struggle with Jonah's birth last summer um, and we definitely were blessed by people's time from this church. Like, Gillian had the boys I don't know how many times, um, but you know, it wasn't just in the immediate time when I was still in the hospital, but it went on, because it wasn't very well, for, you know, most of last summer. And still now, people offer to spend time with the boys, and, and it's just such a blessing to have that sort of slight weight lifted, um, to just think, oh, I'm going to get a little bit of a break today. That's amazing. Um, and, you know, you get from us, I hope, that we just see you as our family, because you know that we don't have any biological family in this part of the country. So um, also, in, in sort of terms of work, I work for a charity called Safe Families, and it's encouraging the church to do basically that. Um, but for people that we've not met yet, you know, the community that we know is out there, um, but we just want to be that link between the church and the families. Um, so it's just an honor. Gen genuinely, I don't know how God could have made a job so much for the heart of me. Um, but this week I, I met with some mums who were being supported in Carrick already by people from this church. Um, and one said, um, the lady that's supporting her took her to the park with her five kids and spent time with four of them while she got one-to-one -one time with one of the older ones. She'd not done that in four years. And I just thought, oh my gosh, like that's amazing. You know, just that two hours in, a fortnight you know it just made such a massive difference and the little girl's face was just beaming that like she'd had this special time with mum and it was just lovely and then another mum that I've met new this week that we're waiting to sort of link up um, she's an 18 year old who's got learning difficulties and autism and a really bad heart condition so this year has been really tough for them because obviously they've barely left the house to protect him um, but she's also two younger children who also have quite extreme learning difficulties. Um, so for all of them this year has just been like shocking. Um, but we sat and we had a cup of tea together um, and just talked about life. Um, and, and she was so sweet because I was like, 
you know, I see myself as a bit of a nerd, and I'm quite happy with that. Um, but I'd said to her, you know, what sort of volunteer would you like, and you know, how would you see that fitting? And she was like, oh, whoever, the, whoever, like you would pick to be your volunteer, because like I think we're vibing. And I was like, oh, I feel a bit cool with that word. Like I don't really know what it means, but okay, um, we'll go with that. Um, I was like, oh, you know, somebody sort of thinks that there's already a connection within that space of time, which is just such a blessing. Um, and my CEO, Kat, she's based in Nottingham, but. One of the ways that we've often described, say, families and what we do as a volunteer is it's as easy as having a cup of coffee with someone because literally it's offering that support and that like space to just vent about life and go, oh, the kids have been really difficult this week. Um, and actually, it's a really safe space. But one of the things that Kat says, it's as easy as having a cup of coffee with someone, but it's as hard as having a cup of coffee with someone in the sense of actually it takes quite a long time to invest in. You know, if you just met your friend for a coffee, that's not where it started. It started quite a long time ago when you built that friendship and you gained that trust and you supported them through those times to get to the point where you can just sit and have a cup of coffee and go, life sucks this week. Or, you know, actually things are really amazing. I was saying to Kate earlier, oh, this week the boys are being lovely. Um, there's been days where I've literally wanted to run away, um, but overall it's been good. So, you know, just to have that space to feel safe with a friend and share that, um, you know, if that's something that you think or you could do, please chat to me, because we, we love having new people come and just meet other families that are local to us and really need us, so. Thank you, you Nikki. I just love that, that she's experienced all kinds of generosity in her own family, and then it's an opportunity to give that away as well, and that hospitality about just sitting listening and having a coffee and building relationships so if you'd like to know more about safe families please do speak to Nikki so you know general this is an invitation to generosity and I was just thinking about that verse from James you know every good and perfect gift is from above from the father of heavenly lights and, and we sing that song, it's your breath in our lungs. You know, it's God's, God gives us our very breath. So how amazing for us. He's so generous with us. How amazing for us to just generously give that back to him and to other people by blessing them. And just that sense of Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You're welcome in every part of my life. And I just want to share that with other people. So right now, I just want to finish with a quote um, from a book that I've been reading this week. It's by Louis Giglio, who is a quite famous speaker in America, and it's called Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. And it actually really reminded me of what Sharon um, shared a few weeks ago when we were talking about prayer, about that whole aspect of the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil. And um, this whole book is about how the enemy is out to influence our thinking, but God prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies, like it says in Psalm 23. And God wants to protect us from the enemy and from his lies and deceit. But there was a part of this book that really spoke to me about generosity, so I just want to finish with that. Um, and then a wee picture I had. And then ministry. So... The quote says from the book, but there's something else. Jesus wants your life to reflect the bounty of your table. He wants your life to overflow. 
Generosity is the calling card of everyone who dines regularly with the king. You don't hoard God's blessings. You pass out steak dinners to everyone around you, even your enemies. Why? Because you can. You have more than enough on your table. You can lavishly share with everybody, even with those who might hate you. Generosity is impossible with closed fists. You can only give when you have open palms. The table allows you to share, to change the narrative from everybody hates me, everybody is against me, to God is for me, God's got my back. The bounty of the table changes you into an agent of love to those around you. You may be rejected by some, but you'll be surprised how many people around you are also waiting for someone to look up and reach out in love. And that's what it's all about. There's people around us who are waiting for someone to reach out in, in love. People even in this room tonight, people in our community. And we, we've got God's generous gifts that he's given to us. And we can look up, be prompted by God and reach out in love to someone else. Whenever I was thinking about all of this, I just had this picture in my head of like a flower that's really closed, you know, that hasn't had an opportunity to bud or to open up. And I just felt like that's what it's been like for loads of us this last year and a half. Some of us have closed down and I don't blame any of us for that. It's been so hard. We've closed down because of COVID, because of lockdown, because of fear just because of everything that's been going on. And it's hard to open up again sometimes. Some of us are doing it more quickly than others. Some of us are more gradual. But I just had that image of the sunlight coming onto the flower. And as the sun shines on it, it gradually opens up and displays such beauty. And I just want to encourage us all tonight to let the light and love of Jesus shine upon us, open us up, and then the invitation is to generously give from every good and perfect gift he's given to us.